Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Let's get to our guest, Adam Coons, Chief Portfolio Manager at Winthrop Capital Management. Adam, mean reversion is a pretty powerful force in markets. We've had a disastrous two years in the China and Hong Kong markets. 21 and 22 uh, have been tough to, to stomach. Uh, and so a lot of investors are thinking about going long that end of the market and maybe even going short, um, say, the S&P 500. Uh, but the policymaking in China is, is, you know, is, is not so consistent. How are you looking at this in terms of your plan for 2023? Uh, first off, thanks for having me. You know, I think um, that's always been the challenge when investing in, into China. Uh, there's always a lot of question marks. And so. Uh, in some in some ways, you have to invest uh, without all the information that you may have uh, here in the U.S. But w- when we look at really the the dynamics that are pushing the economy um, and, and the markets there, you've got to look at uh, to, to your point, mean reversion. You, you can't have mean reversion without a catalyst. And and for us, what we've been paying close attention to um, are valuations. So valuations became very very cheap. Uh, so that was that was the first marker uh, for us to begin to really pay attention, uh, but was not not the reason to get in. Uh, but then we started to see a shift in the narrative uh, around China. And while you weren't hearing it at first, we, we started to really uh, build a case that, uh, you know, that the government was going to not only move away from COVID zero zero policies, but step in to actually support these internet companies uh, that they had kind of uh, beaten down over the last two years. So in short, does that mean tech is a buy in China right now? Yes, we believe it is. Um, You mentioned, you know, going long uh, China and shorting the U.S. We we wouldn't go that far. We still think the U.S. is uh, a a good place to be. Uh, But when you look elsewhere in the world, there's really no other place uh, we would put money because um, when you look at the, these tech companies, they're, they're cash flowing machines with great business models that never changed. It was just about the narrative of what the Chinese government was going to do, how they were going to crack down. And and surely they, they stepped in to, to show their power. But we've got to remember that the Chinese government let these companies grow to their size because they want to be taken seriously throughout the world, throughout the investing world. And so yeah. it, it is not a benefit to them to let this thing that they help grow die. 
Yeah, so we knew eventually the, that they were going to pit. These are the national champions. I mean, Tencent right, exactly. And Alibaba were famous the world over, and you can't name all that many Chinese companies that were. So that, that's a, I'd, I'd still say that's a pretty aggressive bet uh, that you've got. But then you've got you've got uh, defensive stocks that you like as well uh, on your conviction calls and long-duration bonds. Let's start with the defensives. Um, would those be value companies, uh, cyclicals? What do you see as the most comfortable cyclical, or I mean defensive areas? Yeah, so when we're looking at defensive stocks, it's largely driven by the uncertainty that we have here in the U.S. and and really globally uh, with what central banks are going to do, how far they're going to push um, to, you know, get rid of this this high inflation that we've been experiencing over the last year. And so because of that, we don't want to just jump in. Uh, we we want to stay invested, but we don't want to just jump into to growth markets or really, you know, kind of have this pedal to the metal mentality. So that that's the driver of, you know, focusing on defensive, the defensive factor. And, and what we mean by that is similar to what I just said about Chinese stocks, but it's really driven by business model and cash flow. You're getting away from narrative-based stocks, these story stocks like a like a Zoom, uh, where there was a story behind this, you know, working from home and and just trust us, we're going to grow into this valuation. You know, we're staying away from that, and we're investing in companies like Microsoft, Alphabet, the tried and true cash cash flowing machines that have a business model that can adapt uh, is robust through different cycles. And, and, and those type of companies showed that they could do that through the pandemic. Right. So we're continuing that theme uh, through 2023. And when you think about the sorts of earnings those uh, solid uh, companies might deliver in 2023, what do you anticipate and what do you particularly anticipate around dividends? So that's that's the the other reason for defensive stocks is that we do believe we're going to experience a earnings recession uh, here in the first two quarters of of 23, and that's driven by the fact that costs are still elevated, uh, whether that's you know higher wages or um, higher input costs. But now we're dealing with the fact that that revenue numbers are going to be more difficult to hit. And so if we move into an earnings recession, it's A, going to be difficult to pay higher dividends. We think that that's not going to happen uh, probably in the next year. And so you, you really need to be focused on those that have a safe dividend and, a, and, and real earnings power to kind of weather through this. We're just not going to last forever, but we're focused on companies that where the dividend and the earnings can weather through, um, you know, it, maybe yeah. what could be a bit of a storm. You've gone through all of this and haven't really mentioned much about Fed policy. Uh, how much of a factor is the Fed going to be in the first six months next year? Well, I've intentionally not not mentioned it because I feel like that's all anyone talks about. But it it, it is the the main ingredient in this soup, right? It's whatever the Fed does, and really whatever investors believe that the Fed's going to do is has been the driver of markets. Um, but ultimately, the Fed's um, stance on liquidity throughout the market is going to drive uh, this economy. And so if they continue to pull the punch bowl away, you're going to see um, a lack of liquidity, you're going to see refinance risk, and you're going to see demand destruction. And if you if you have demand destruction as a, as a way to combat inflation, which is absolutely what they're trying to do, you, you you have to see earnings decline. You have to see spending go down. And so that, that will make its way through the economy. It's just a matter of how far the Fed's willing to push. 
Yeah, so bitter medicine being administered at the moment. But if we uh, take a look at the bright side, the Fed's preferred inflation gauge, the PCE deflator, slowed again in November. Do you have a sense that the tide is turning in terms of the inflation fight? We're closer to the end than the beginning, maybe. Absolutely, yeah. I think I, I think we will see accelerated deceleration in in inflation. And and actually what we believe is that the Fed is going to overshoot this. You, 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 at the beginning of this, you played a lot of clips um, of the Fed's intention on pushing towards that 2% uh, policy. And in order to get to 2% quickly, you're not just going to suddenly get to 2% and stop. It's going to be this exact same scenario that we just witnessed to the upside. And you could see disinflation that could be problematic as well. So that that's one of our big fears about Fed policy right now. And we do believe that naturally inflation was going to roll over. And by the Fed's action, you're going to get it. You're going to see it happen faster. Yeah. Adam, thanks very much for joining us. Adam Coons, Chief Portfolio Manager at Winthrop Capital Management. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.